Hello there. Welcome to You Don't Know Mojack, SST002. My name's Ryan. My name's Brad. And we're here today to talk about the second release on SST Records, the uh, 7-inch single by the Minuteman called Paranoid Time. If you start a label and your first one is Black Flag, Nervous Breakdown, and your second release is Minuteman Paranoid Time, I mean, you wouldn't know it at the time, but when you look at that, that's quite a one-two punch. Yeah, it is. You know what, dude? I'm going to be honest with you right at the start of this podcast. I don't love this record. You don't like Paranoid Time? I love the Minute Man. I like Firehose more. Not like it's a contest, but, you know, I love Double Nickels on the Dime. I love Project Mersh. I I even like uh, Three-Way Tie, but just the early stuff has never really grabbed me, to be honest with you. So, okay, not as much of an early Minute Man guy. So, let me ask this. Is it because Watt plays with a pick on the early (laughs) stuff? No, it's the songs. They're just not as good. Really? Yeah, for me, yeah. Well, I, I must say, pound for pound, I do agree with, like, for example, those those later albums that you mentioned. Yep. They, they have, like, obviously they have more songs on them, but more songs that I like in, you know, in that context. But I, I will say that Paranoid Time, for me, I like it. I like it a lot. I agree the later albums have a bit more, you know, attraction, but I still think there are good songs on here, though. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. It's just, I don't really think there's like choruses and not like that. No, I agree. Not like that's a prerequisite for having a great song or anything. Uh, well, that would but, be too, that be, would be way too Mersh back yeah. then, man. Okay, well, let's, let's, first of all, let's go way back. Okay. Let's, let's not start it with a debate. History lesson, part one. Miniman, Paranoid Time, second release on SST. This is uh, from 1980. I guess it would, like, obviously, Mike Watt and Dee Boone are in this band, guitar, bass, George Hurley on drums from San Pedro, California. They've been in bands together before, um, or other projects before. Mike Watt was in some, and I mean, a lot of this will kind of sound familiar to folks who have seen that documentary. We Jammy Connor, which, by the way, is an awesome documentary. Can we agree on that? Oh yeah, dude, okay, I love good. I love the Minutemen. Don't get don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh no, no. I, listen, I'm I'm not. I I know you love the Minutemen. I just want to know when we have certain preferences over the other because I think that'll be interesting. I, I think um, it's but, important to establish early on also that all three of those guys, by the time this record came out, were already serious players. Unlike. You know, a lot of people in the hardcore scene who were beginners, you, you alluded to it that they'd been playing together for quite some time in like cover bands and and, and some original stuff as well. And yeah, all, all three of those guys are just phenomenal players. Yeah, for a couple of years anyways, they were in like Watt was in some band called Bright Orange Band, which I think was a cover band or partial. And then there was the Reactionaries, which was definitely trying to be more stereotypical punk i guess mm-hmm. um but doing more which is basically the minuteman except with a singer martin tamborovich which by the way is he uh, the martin they reference on the album martin's passed out or something like that on the back of the seven inch a big thanks to martin for passing out so that that might be it but he does and he does like obviously he was in the reactionaries he gets a co-writing credit for the first song on Paranoid Time, Validation. But 
the Paranoid Time sessions, this is the one, at, at least, I mean, it's the second release. We were talking about, you know, when does Spot come in, who is kind of the house sound guy for SST for a lot of uh, the recordings. This is the first one, and it's the second release. It says, Engineered by Spot, produced by Greg Ginn. And that's interesting, too, because Miniman Reactionaries, sounds like D. Boone kind of broke up Reactionaries because he just wanted to go to a trio, and then he started up the Minuteman, and they had a different guy on drums, Frank Taunch, or Taunchy. I don't know whether, I think I think the first gig, Greg Ginn saw them play, and uh, Georgie, Greg was, like, Georgie was playing then, though. At the first gig? Yeah. I didn't think he came in until uh, to do the Paranoid Time single. It's Because of the way, the way I remember kind of the story is, they play the gig, Greg Ginn's there, sees it, and says, let me put out a record for you. And they, the band starts, like, Reactionaries break up in 79 or whatever. They start the Minutemen right after with a different drummer. They play this gig, and then they've got, like, a, you know, a record deal, put it that way. This is still with, early uh, days of L.A. Punk, too. I th- this is 1980. But the gig was, like, X or something like that, or the Alley Cats or one of those bands. Like, it wasn't yeah. a hardcore bill, is my point, you know? Okay. It okay. was first-generation L.A. Punk, like, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, and Miniman stood out, for sure. Like, they were way different. I don't want to sidetrack you here, but do you suppose Greg was looking for another band? Do you think he put out a nervous breakdown and was like, I'm going to expand this? Do you think that was the plan, or do you think it just kind of happened? Yeah, I don't know, but I, but it is... Uh, actually, in that documentary, Jello Biafra's in that, and he's like, he's talking about, and then you take the money from the first single... And you put it into another release by a different band, you know, someone other than Black Flag and someone who sounds incredibly different than Black Flag. And Ian MacKay in, in the documentary, too, is saying, you know, like, you, you, you're you going for... Another, this is, again, this is the beauty of following the label, SST. You know, you're kind of like, I, I like the Black Flag single. I have no idea what the Minutemen sound like. There's no pictures on there, but they're on SST. I'm going to buy it. And then, whammo, way different than Black Flag. I don't know what was going through Greg Ginn's mind, but it's pretty cool that he did that. There were and this so this single it has seven songs on it. That recording session they actually did nine songs. I don't know what the ninth one is, but there is one song though from this session called uh, Nine Thirty May the Second. Do you know that song? No. Is that when they recorded the Paranoid Time? Yeah. Yeah. When they did Paranoid Time, the Paranoid Time has seven songs. They recorded nine songs though. One of the songs is called 9.30 May the 2nd, and it appears on a new New Alliance Recordings compilation, 001, called Cracks in the Sidewalk. Oh, I have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, SST re-released this, obviously, later on. This is the first, like, this actually beat Paranoid Time. Cracks in the Sidewalk, first track, 9.30 May the 2nd, came out a little bit before Paranoid Time, but from the same session. So, um, technically, I- that's the first the world heard of the Minutemen. Technically, I and, only know it. And New Alliance was Mike Watt's label. Just Mike Watt? I don't know if it was Mike Watt or Watt and Boone. I'm sure both of them had their hands in it. Yeah. Um, but even even this release, uh, we were talking about, we'll get to the artwork on uh, this single in a minute, but last week when we were talking about uh, the Black Flag single, this Cracks in the Sidewalk has got uh, like five cells by Raymond Pettibone again that are just bizarre like a two-headed baby it's uh it's crazy i love the the artwork for paranoid time the artwork's great oh yeah that's a great cover 
Um, the only reason I know uh, about that stuff, they recorded nine songs and that crack, Cracks in the Sidewalk came out a little bit before Paranoid Time. There's a great book out there called A Wailing of a Town, Oral History of Early San Pedro Punk, which uh, is where Minutemen are from. It's by this guy, Craig Ibera. I can't remember where I ordered it from. It might have been from that Water Under the Bridge Records, which kind of puts out San Pedro punk stuff. But this book has got, like, ultra details. Was on... there was there other San Pedro punk around the same time as the Minutemen? Fam- oh, eventually. Like, famous ones? Because I don't know any. I don't know any not, other not San Pedro as, bands. Not as, definitely not as famous. Definitely not. I'm just trying to think. I, I read this book like two years ago, and I just flipped to the <laughs> Paranoid Time chapter today. I can't really remember. Um, but there are other bands mentioned in here, like the Capones, Strand Cinema, uh, Peer Group, Mood of Defiance, a lot of book, uh, bands that I've never actually heard. That Water Under the Bridge records, I'm going to... I'm looking into buying a couple of their comps of the old San Pedro punk just to check that out. There's another book called uh, The History of San Pedro Punk put up by Angels Gate Cultural Center. It's mostly like flyers and pictures and stuff. It's pretty cool, like lots of skateboarding in it, lots of gig pictures, uh, lots of like do-it-yourself posters. It's kind of a neat thing. And there's obviously like some mention of, uh, well, there's, I think, yeah, there's a whole chapter on the Minutemen in Michael Azarad's book, Our Band Could Be Your Life, which is named after a Minutemen song. Yep. So recorded nine songs. I don't know what the ninth song is. If someone out there listening knows what the ninth song is, they'll post it on um, one of our social media websites. That'd be cool. Now, Paranoid Time, though, these tunes, they appear on no less than five SST recordings. That's where I first heard the Minutemen was on the blasting concept paranoid chance on there yeah so six actually i stand corrected so these songs it's obviously on the paranoid time single blasting concept it's also on the post merch volume three compilation yep that's sst 165 it's all some of those songs are also on the introducing the minutemen compilation that's sst 363 the whole of Paranoid Time is also on the Seven Inches of the World oh, yeah? compilation, or Seven Inch Wonders of the World. That's SST seventy. That's the only. That's that's where I heard Worm for the first time. Chuck Dukowski's band, and then it's also on some of the songs at least. Actually, that song on Cracks in the Sidewalk, nine thirty May the second. It's also on this compilation tape only. My first bells, the Minutemen. What about that Bean Spill? What's that? Bean spill? Yeah. That's a single. It's it? like a, a seven inch. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I don't know. Is that? A, I don't think that's an SST uh, release. I think that's a Thermidor release, and I think that's a Joe Carducci label. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a Joe Car like Joe Carducci put out that and uh, a Nig Heist single too. So, anyways, Paranoid Time like this. Even if it's not, even if it's not your favorite, it's hard to escape it in the SST catalog. Totally. Second. Second release, and it's everywhere. And I don't want to like take away the importance of the band. Oh no, you know? no, no! And and the fact that that was their first release essentially is a, is an important thing. So my personal tastes aside, I can recognize the fact that it's a very essential release by oh a, yeah by a very important band. Absolutely. I'm just pulling out the Bean Spill EP here. Yeah, it's Thermidor. I thought maybe that was a leftovers comp or something. 
It's got. Well, I'm just trying to see if any of the songs here were recorded in 1980. No, they're from. They were 19- super prolific as a band. Oh yeah, it, their their next al- their album after uh, Three Way Tie was supposed to be a, like a triple album. I think. Can you imagine that? If only. Yeah, it's interesting though. One of the songs on this Bean Spill EP. I mean, I guess we're going a little bit off of SST, but it's totally related because this is from. If I look at one of the songs, there's a song in here called Afternoons. Mm-hmm. It's from recorded 1981 by Spot, and again a co-writing with uh, Martin Tamburovich, the guy from lead singer from Reactionaries. They're probably old Reactionary songs, is what they are. Probably. Yeah, maybe at least that one. Back to the the sound of the recording, definitely sounds like the Minutemen. Their concept was fully formed, like lyrically, it's already super, you know, socialist, anti-fascist, and all of that great stuff. That's all in there. The humor is in there history lesson part two what are the song titles validation is the first song that's that's a watt singing song that's the one that's uh co-writing with uh timborovich then there's the maze that one's credited to d boone but i think watt sings that one too and then there's definitions which is credited to watt but d boone definitely sings that one and that i love that song i love that song Six Slugs, Six Points of View. Love that. Then one of the best instro songs of all time, Sickles and Hammers. That's a Boone Watt co-writing. Then you flip it over. So four songs on side one, boom. Side two. And like four minutes probably. The whole thing's like seven minutes long. Yeah, 38 seconds, 39 seconds, minute 13, 47 seconds. But that's not why they were called the Minutemen, right? Yep. Side two is fascist. Side two is like the paranoid side. For sure, because yeah. literally, in in terms of what they're talking about, fascist, Joe McCarthy's ghost, paranoid chant. That's a pretty hard-hitting seventh song. Let's talk about the artwork. So the artwork is another Raymond Pettibone. It looks like a film set, and they're filming, and it's like a western scene with a short cowboy kind of up on a stump. <laughs> I love that. With a <laughs> th- yeah, with a cowgirl. I guess there's no other way to say it. I guess he's feeling her chest. Yep, and she's kind of, you know, to me, she's kind of breaking the fourth wall. She's looking at you. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. She's like, can you believe this guy? Yeah, yeah she's, I'm about, pi- I'm she's about, pissed off. Yeah, I'm about to kick this guy right there. It's interesting. I wonder if that's like a, a John Wayne reference or something I like that. I kind of thought a Reagan reference because, you know, they there's, they had a hey. lot of songs about Reagan and he was a acting, uh, he was in a lot of those cowboy movies, but I don't know if he was, what his deal was at that time. Like, yeah, he might have been governor it, by then or something, I don't know. It's funny you should say that. Well, I mean, it was 1980, and, I mean, he's going to be president right away. Uh, it's funny you should say that, though, because on that Cracks in the Sidewalk comp, one of the panels in the back is definitely Ronald Reagan with a cowboy hat on with an arrow through it. And then in the background, there's like a buzzard carrying off a, maybe it's a stork, but it looks like a buzzard carrying off like a stork baby in a, you know, the storks carry a baby in like one of those towels or whatever. Yep. But it's like buzzard, so it might be Reagan. That's what I thought. But then, uh, so then there's a guy holding a shotgun on them, like forcing them to do it. There's three guns in the picture. Yeah, the, ca- the and cameraman's like, like holding a pistol, like a starter pistol, kind of a thing. Yeah, like instead of action, he's gonna pull pull the trigger. I think it's her gun too, because her holster's empty. Empty. Yeah. When you read this um, Wailing of a Town book, Watt talks about the artwork on there. Oh yeah, and. And how they use kind of like Asian-influenced font 
for the Minuteman and Paranoid Time words on the cover. Uh, didn't sound like Watt was a big fan of that. Pettibone did all the words on the back, and and that's one thing that kind of when I was thinking about this today, like how many seven inches do you see? You know, forget about having seven songs on it, but how many seven inches do you see that have all the lyrics? written out in them dude you have to have the Minutemen lyrics because they were so good and there's so many of them yeah totally <laughs> but i mean it's, it's crazy that they wrote out all the lyrics on the back a couple other things about the back so george and greg hurley helped on the background vocals according to that book that's mostly on paranoid chant or or who's sorry greg, joe, joe, who's greg hurley joe Mc, um george's brother sorry. i'm assuming yeah, and uh, it's it's not on Paranoid Chant, it's on Joe McCarthy's Ghost. They were all kind of yelling that uh, chorus. Greg Hurley was in a bunch of Pedro bands back then, too. He's in a band so I've never a, been able he to... a drummer? Yeah, he did some drumming. He is in a band that I've never been able to track down uh, a single on New Alliance Records called The Slivers. There's a number of other Pedro bands that he was on. This one was recorded at Media Art, Hermosa Beach, just like Nervous Breakdown. George is a uh, horny drummer, man. He's so good. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Just crazy. And I mean, he—it's uh, funny in the documentary. He—he he doesn't really explain it very well, but I know what he's. I, I think I know what he's saying when he's explaining it about how, like, when you're just trying to get something out of you and you're starting out, you start making up all this stuff and different ways to do it while you're learning and that turns into just some like crazy drumming you know yeah george is a interesting guy he was kind of like a jock a i jock, thought but not like the dick kind like maybe a surfer or something yeah i don't know he w- he had an open enough mind right to to try out this thing that watt and d boone wanted to do it's very cool obviously loved playing the drums so oh yeah you don't, you don't get that good without having a super passion for it no and his stuff in fire hose was is just mind-blowing sometimes too like oh, yeah. do you think you think the minimum are good but then you listen to the fire hose i can't stuff. wait till we get to fire hose man speaking of fire hose quick question was was the first time you ever heard like the minuteman or anything mike watt minuteman fire hose related was that like on the blasting concept comp or where's the first time you heard anything like that i honestly don't remember man it might have been fire hose on the uh because i was a skater the brave captain was on that uh santa cruz video oh yeah and yeah it might have been be- it might have been there i don't know for sure so the first first time i heard anything about it and i had no idea what it was and it was, was like probably years later was that red hot chili peppers album mother's milk oh yeah yeah oh yeah the reference a band called fire hose yeah yeah the song good time boys yep if you don't believe me you can ask john doe because his heart is made of glory his voice is made of gold he'll tell you in a minute about the many knows he'll tell you about a band called fire fire and i had no idea what that was and then and i heard fire hose first a buddy put fire hose song off of would have been off of raging full-on and when i heard it i was like that bass just sounds like a tuba or something it sounded <laughs> that's what we used to think um on, under on, the influence of meat puppets oh no chemical wire that's the song i'm thinking of we used to think that was a horn in there because it goes <laughs> that's awesome so think about paranoid time watts playing with a pick and me we're coming we're coming full circle we started off talking about how you know gotta respect paranoid time but maybe there's a bit more of a preference to the later Minutemen. 
I would contend that when Watt switched from pick to fingers, his playing just got crazier and actually more interesting, maybe a little bit less punk, maybe a bit more accessible. I don't know. You, the thing for me with a lot of this stuff is, man, is it's nostalgia, right? And this one's just not one of those albums for me. It's Sometimes it's like, which one did you hear first? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I totally get And I you know what? I must admit, I go I go to double nickels way more than I would put on Paranoid Time. For yeah, sure. Yeah. But Paranoid Paranoid Time, SST number two, killer. It's ballot result time. Ballot result. Well, for me it would be uh I don't know. Because validation's kind of punky. I should say what ballot result is, in case you missed the last podcast. We're making the ultimate oh, SST yeah. compilation. We're picking a track off each release to add to this comp. So I'm going to let Ryan pick this one. You're not going to get any argument from me. Definitions. I love the lyrics on that. I love it. Hey, before we go, one other thing from last week's podcast that I came across when I was working up this show. Remember how we were talking about on Nervous Breakdown, that drummer, Brian Migdal, didn't get credit or something like that? Yes. SST put out like, tons of different versions of all the releases and like 10 inches, three inches, all sorts of crazy stuff. Sometimes things are a little bit different now and then. I've got a version of the first four years on CD and it says Brian Migdal drums one to four. So he got credit eventually there. What's that all about? I don't know. Hmm. But but maybe... I doubt Greg Ginn felt guilty. <laughs> I know. He doesn't strike me as the type, so... Yeah, I don't know, but that that's interesting because I mean, I remember reading that in Keith's book about how some for some reason it got credited to Robo for I guess the longest time, but it is I don't know if there's like a different pressing of SST CDs or something like that, but they got it right on one of them anyways. Hmm. He definitely is not he definitely is not credited on the actual 7-inch itself. But, but that nobody but nobody other, is. <laughs> on the 7-inch? Yeah. Oh, well, Ginn and uh, Keith Morris are. As writers. I'm talking like, uh, you know, listing the band. Oh, as players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're absolutely yeah. right. But that, that leads me to like maybe one final thing. We've got our ballot result. If we say stuff or don't know stuff, I mean, again, we're just fans first. We don't know everything. But if you guys out there know know the details, know the facts, feel free to post them on the social media websites. And uh, at the end of this, we will know all. At the time we're recording this, we don't have all the social media stuff 100% hammered out yet. So hopefully by the time this, uh, you know, we get to episode three or four, we will. Speaking of that, what's next, Ryan? Next is SST003, Black Flag, Jealous Again. Oh, we're getting into some good stuff now. I can't wait for that one. I was just looking at the list. It's not until the sixth release that you get something. The first five are seven inches. Black Flag, Minutemen, Black Flag, Minutemen, Black Flag, and then Saccharin Trust. Again, even Saccharin Trust, like even further out of left field again. Just killer. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, dude. That's it. Talk to you later. 